This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. going on guys welcome back to another episode of talking halos i'm your host today jared timms and i am joined alongside nate green nate how you doing today pretty good how about you jared i am not doing too bad and we have a fun 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 show planned a lot of i guess kind of a lot of news not really got some q a or some fan questions that we're going to go over a couple topics as well that they wanted us to go over on via the Instagram and having a lot of fun on there. But first, before we get anything rolling, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, giving us all the support on wherever you listen to us and also following us on all social media aspects. It's been fantastic. If you like what we're doing, please, please, please go and tell a friend. That is how we spread word of mouth. And you know, you guys are doing a great job of that. I I do really appreciate that. Again, if you like what we have going on, please subscribe wherever you're listening and also give us a review. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or just want to talk us, want to join us for a talking fans segment, you can shoot myself an email or you shoot myself a message at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter. You can also message Brock at B D R O X eight, or you can email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com or just send us a message on any social media that you follow us on. You can also, as well, like I've been saying, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Go ahead and do that right now. You know, pause it, follow us, and then come back and listen to this. I'll guess I'll kind of wait. Maybe not. But yeah, and first, before we get anything going, give us one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of this program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. 
Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, guys, with all, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk some Angels baseball, or I guess baseball in general. Of course, we had a little bit of Trevor Bauer news, I guess, in a sense. I mean, for some of us, it's kind of news. Others, it's not really. It came out, I believe, a couple days ago that the Angels really aren't interested in Trevor Bauer. And I guess there's kind of two ways to think about this. One would be, this seems like a smokescreen and the Angels are actually really interested. Or the Angels actually aren't all that interested. Nate, what do you think? Um, I, I don't think they're actually interested. Uh, kind of interesting to bring up the fact that Trevor Bauer doesn't really get along with Mickey Callaway, too. That, that was brought up yesterday, I believe. Um, and, and I think that plays a big part into it. Like Trevor Bauer's got to be comfortable with where he's at. And if the Angels aren't going to meet his demands, which might be more money, then, then yeah, it makes sense not to be interested in him. Yeah, and I, I in a sense, would have to agree with you. It doesn't make that much sense at the minute. And, of course, you know, Trevor Bauer could fall right into the Angels' laps, and I think that's going to be what has to happen if Trevor Bauer becomes an Angel. But I think that, you know, at the moment, they're, you know, just going to go the route of, you know, the free agent market and see what they can get that way and hope that they can do it before Trevor Bauer ultimately signs with the... Mets. <laughs> I think maybe the Mets. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough quite tough question because there are Dodgers. so many yeah Dodgers. There's quite a few teams that could still possibly be in on him on a on a one year deal or something along the lines of that. And we did see the Mets make a move yesterday. The they did, I guess, in a sense, fleece the Toronto Blue Jays out of Stephen Matz, who hasn't been a great pitcher, but they did get some key pieces back one being I believe it was Sean Reed Foley who's going to be a starting pitcher in I would assume their minor leagues this year until you know for the future so they have at least a little bit of back you know backup starting potential with all the moves they have made already and you know the the Blue Jays I, I think they kind of got fleeced in this trade I know we've been talking about this off the record but bring it on the record now they definitely got fleeced right Nate Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stephen Matz hasn't been that good of a pitcher. Rookie year, he's good, maybe even second year, and then after that, he has not been good. They they moved him to the bullpen last year. I know he's had some injury problems. It's just like, oh, man, what are you doing if you're Toronto? You got you. There are so many free agent pitchers to go get. I get that Matz is kind of cheap, but it's like you got one year left of him, and you're going to give up three prospects for him. Didn't make too much sense to me. Yeah, I agree, and of course, this is an Angels podcast, and I know we're kind of rambling on baseball news in a sense, but I wanted to bring this up because me and Nate do also just like to talk about baseball, and there is that, but what do we think the ramifications are here with that Steven match trade? Of course, now we're thinking the Mets are heavy leaders for the Trevor Bauer sweep stakes. I mean, what do we think the, where do we think the Angels go now? Um, I, I hope that if they are going to go the route of the Jayco to Rizzi, James Paxton, Taiwan Walker sweepstakes type of thing, I would hope that they get it done before Trevor Bauer signs his deal. I know I brought this up before. I am a little scared that Trevor Bauer gets his, you know, 25 to 30 million from somebody. Somebody's brave enough to give him that much money. 
And then all of a sudden, Jake Odorizzi or, or James Paxson go, you know, my numbers are kind of similar to his. Yeah, I didn't have as good of a year as he did last year, but, you know, if you want to take my career as a whole and pin it up against his, it's pretty similar. So maybe my 8 to $10 million should go up to about $15 million. And that's kind of a lot for a guy like James Paxson who's coming off a really bad year and below down. Honestly, kind of kind of a lot of money for uh, Odorizzi as well, coming off a kind of couple of years in Minnesota where he only goes five innings every start. So... I don't know. That that's my one big worry, though. Yeah, no, and that's my worry too. I brought it up last podcast with Brock, and yeah, you know, that's that is honestly that's my biggest worry right now with everything. Once Bauer signs, the price is going to go up, and I don't know what the price is now for those guys. And if I'm those guys, I might be smart and wait for Bauer to sign, and the Angels might be past what they could have gotten already for an Odorizzi or a Paxton or Arietta or someone along the lines of that. That's a free agent. So yes, that definitely that definitely does worry me in a sense. And I, you know I just, you know, hope that the Angels do the right thing here and get more starting pitching because the way that this rotation is at the moment isn't gonna do it, is it Nate? No. Uh, we've talked about this too. It's not a playoff rotation. Mm-hmm. In order to be good in the playoffs, you've got to have a really good starting rotation or a really good bullpen. And the bullpen's good, don't get me wrong, but it, it's no Kansas City Royals from a couple of years ago or a- anything like that. So. Yeah, and the, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say it's got to get better. It does, definitely, definitely does. And I think that you can get away with a, not a subpar bullpen, but with an average to maybe slightly above average rotation and bullpen. I think you can get away with that. For the regular yeah. season, I definitely do, especially with the offense that the Angels have. But I definitely think that there needs to be more depth in this rotation, more depth in the bullpen, and I hope that's what they kind of go out and do here. I think it's been actually a really good off season so far. I know it's not the players that Angels fans are really used to going after, in a sense, minus Jose Quintana on a one-year deal as a starting pitcher, which makes way too much sense, and we've talked about this numerous times, but... Yeah, at the end of the day, they need to go out and get some more starting pitching. And I think I know this is all we kind of really need to talk about when it comes to Trevor Bauer and the Angels rotation. Because, again, we hammer this, I feel like, on a podcast basis. Every podcast that comes out, it's Trevor Bauer, the starting rotation. And I think that the Angels know what they need to go do by now. They don't need to listen to this podcast, and I know they don't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, they need to go out and get starting pitching. And I think we can just kind of leave it at that and get on to our next topic which you brought to me and it was kind of a fun one and I I wanted to bring it up the next time that you joined us this is it and the mercy rule is kind of a fun interesting concept and people are listening to this podcast are probably about to click off and say absolutely not I don't want to listen to this but give it a little bit because I was a very skeptical when Nate first started talking to me about this whole subject and there is some pros to this, and there are a lot of cons. I understand that. But in the grand scheme of things, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, Nate? Yeah, and, and I'm a baseball traditionalist. Me too. So, like, say, saying adding a mercy rule is kind of like, oh, no, you, you can't do that. But if you really look at the way the game's gone, you look at, you know, adding the, the seven-inning doubleheaders to make sure that we aren't using as much pitching, you, you see that they added a rule that, 
position players can't pitch unless their team's down by six or up by six. Like adding these type of things makes it like, why not add a mercy rule? Teams don't typically come back from 10 down after seven. I I think it's only happened once or twice in the last, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Like that does not happen often. So I, I think it makes it more fun for the fans. Fans will be willing to stay seventh inning. Angels are up by nine. And you got seven, eight, nine up. Like, hey, maybe we get a rally going and we get one run and we walk this thing off instead of like, hey, the Angels went to the to the to the backup guys or you know some bench players to get some reps. And these these last two and a half innings are just kind of going to be like pointless for us to watch. I might as well go home. Yeah, and it's I think it's a running joke when I go to an Angels game. When you get to the seventh inning, you you know you get the Seventh inning stretch, and then it's the, all right, how many people are leaving now? And then you get to the eighth <laughs> inning. The and you, exactly. And you get to the eighth inning, and it's, uh, all right, how many people are leaving now? And I know the Angels, I feel like, in a sense, have been down in a lot of games that I've gone to in the past five years. And it's not enjoyable, but I don't leave games early. That's just how I am. I know you're that way, too. There's For, for me, I, I just don't leave games early, and... That's it. I know the mercy rule is kind of weird and everything. I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's actually kind of a fun scenario. Like, imagine walking off in the seventh inning in a 10-run game and fans going crazy and then, you know, getting the water. I don't know if they'll get the water shower or the Gatorade bath or anything like that because it's probably unwritten rules and such like that. But it would kind of be a lot of fun to see fans kind of start going crazy in a nine-run game in the seventh inning hoping that the Angels can walk it off at a 10 run you know game so i don't know it's kind of interesting i don't think too many games would be a mercy rule and of course we wouldn't see those 22 26 run games anymore that we've seen in the past but you might yeah you might if someone scores that much in seven innings or whatever exactly no you you still might and there's going to be that offense and everything but you know the traditional side of me says dang that ruins the game you know how many home runs are you taking away from mike trout who hits him in the eighth and ninth inning of a game that doesn't matter or you know look at how Upton's favorite time to hit a home run yeah I know and we're gonna talk about Justin Upton in a few minutes because we have some fan mail but again like how how does it how does it ruin the game too in a sense like that traditional side of me says no way I don't want a mercy rule because there's still those home runs and those at bats that we're missing or the strikeouts that we're missing by the bullpen because that's going to ruin stats in a sense so, yeah, that is the traditional side of me that says absolutely not to a mercy rule. But the kind of new school, I guess Rob Manfred thinking, and I know we don't like Manfred in a sense. I mean, he does good things, he does bad things. But the Rob Manfred thinking of me says mercy rule makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I have to tip the cap to you for bringing this to me because I, I think it's kind of interesting and it's an interesting conversation that we just had and. I'd love to know the fans' thoughts on this as well. If anybody wants to, you know, message me for this, and we can discuss it over message because I w- I would love to see what everybody's thoughts were. So, guys, let's get on to a little bit of fan mail and our first question. We have quite a few questions here. Thank you for all those who answered on Instagram. I'm gonna try to get to everybody. And the first one comes from Matt G C Matt on Instagram, and he says, "Any chance of getting Chuck Finley on your podcast?" I don't know Chuck Finley. If anybody knows Chuck Finley out there, Nate, do you know Chuck Finley? I do not. Okay. If anybody, cool know, if anybody knows Chuck Finley and wants to, you know, hook it up for their connection, I would absolutely love to get Chuck Finley on. That would be a lot of fun. A lot of fun conversations with him and 
all of his pitching that he did and the time that he pitched because it was an interesting time for the Angels. That's that's for sure. So next question comes from Nate Steele 99. The last multi-year, I guess it's more of a comment here. The last multi-year contract the Angels offered to a free agent starting pitcher was in 2013. Not a question, FML. Nate, we talk about this all the time. It was the one, the only, the famous. 2013. Maybe so it wasn't Joe. It, it was Joe Blanton in what, like 14 uh, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. But, I mean, when it comes to offering, the Angels have definitely offered multi-year contracts. It just they haven't signed anybody. And, again, I know we've talked about this off the record, and we might talk about this on the record as well. I think we did because we were wondering what the last offer was, and it was Joe Blanton or the last contract that a starting pitcher yeah. signed, and that was Joe Blanton. And you know, I think it. I think it ends this year. What do you think? Does does, does the next starting pitcher get a multi-year deal? Year. I think one more year. I think. I don't know if you can really give Oda Rizzi a multi-year deal and feel comfortable. I think Paxson's another guy that you could go get, and it's another one-year contract. But I could be wrong. They could easily go out and give Oda Rizzi three years, but hopefully it's before Bauer. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I think you save a lot of money before that, and if it's anybody, I think. I think Odorizzi is probably the only guy that I give multi-years to. Maybe you got to think about giving it to Taiwan Walker, another free agent out there. But other than that, Just I don't think he's 28. Yeah, I don't think there's too many other guys that you can really give a, a multi-year contract to. Even Paxton. I mean, if you asked me before the season, Paxton probably would have been getting a five-year deal. But ever since he got injured, it's hard to give him even a multi-year deal, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. next question comes from that one grill master. And he wants to know, are we really out on the Bauer sweepstakes? We need pitching. It's taking forever. All I have to say is be patient. And I think that, yeah, the Angels are out on the Bauer sweepstakes. I think that they're going to go the route of trying to get a cheaper pitching and also fill in a reliever and also the right field option as well. Nate, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. It sounds like the Trevor Bauer to the Angels is dead. That's what it sounds like. And, of course, anything can change, but that's kind of what it sounds like from all the reports we're seeing. Yep, I, I would have to agree with that. And it makes too, too much sense. Next question comes from Cade O'Connell. What's up, Cade? What relievers are best for the Angels to sign right now? Nate, do you have any off the top of your head? Because I have fan graphs open right now, and my sneaky suspicious says look for somebody who is – who was with either Manassian with the Blue Jays or the Braves or with Joe Madden and the Cubs. I don't know who that would be. There are quite a few of them, but that would be my guess is, you know, kind of look that way for both the relievers and also an outfield option. I think that they're going to go the way that they know is going to make the most sense and that they've, you know, either coached or that they have been in the front office for. So there are a lot out there. I know that. But one in particular, I don't really have a clue on. Nate, do you have anybody you like? I mean, I, I said his name early, early when I was on a, a couple podcasts ago. Shane Green was the guy that I thought could be sneaky good. Yep. Has pitched in the late late innings for uh, for teams. I think he closed for the Tigers a couple of years ago. And then was that seventh, eighth inning guy in Atlanta. So that would be a sneaky guy to get, really help uh, bolster the back, the back end of that bullpen. Yeah, I agree. And again, I think look for those connections, whether it's with Madden or Manassian, there are a lot of them out there. I think it ends up being a couple of those guys, and that makes the most sense. Um, on to our next question here. Not, I guess it's kind of a question. It's two words from Connor Vogel. Bundy extension? Yeah, you, you definitely got to think about it. I mean, <laughs> how much how much is he looking for? Is he looking for 
20, 25 mil a year? Is he looking for that 15? I think 15 is like perfect number for him. And if you can get him for three, four years at 15, why not? Yeah, if you can actually pay him what he's at now, I think it's more of a mid-season, in a sense, extension because you can continue to pay him his ARB this year and then boost him up next year. Or you could, I guess you could do that this year as well. You could keep him at his ARB salary and then boost him up to 15. Next year, when a lot of money comes off the books, I know I was reading Taylor Blake Ward's article and he says around 50 million come off the books next year. And that's a lot of money that the Angels have to put into players. So definitely actually go read that article. If you if you haven't already, go, uh, I'll, I'll pump it now. Um, Taylor Blake Ward's article, go read it. It's a good one. Next question, should the Angels make a move for Odorizzi? And that's from Matt underscore zero five. I think yes. Simple yes or no on this one. I'm okay with it. Uh, that wasn't the answer, though. I said yes or no. <laughs> sure, yes. Okay. I'm okay with it. Okay. I guess that's an okay answer. I was looking yes or no. I need yes or no next time when I ask you yes or no. Uh, okay. Next question comes from, wow, this is a fun name, Diet Coker. Wow. Proud of you for that name. Uh, best non-Bauer pitching option left for the Angels. If you look at the trade market, I think better pitchers are available, and that being Herman Marquez, Luis Castillo. I don't think those guys are hugely available, but I think that they are 1%, 2% available from the Reds and the Rockies. I don't think the Angels go out and get them quite yet. Maybe if the Angels are in contention come July near the trade deadline, the talks really start heating up for that. But if you look at the free agent market, Odorizzi... I, I would Paxton? say Tywin Walker for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I think it's a multi-year, cheap multi-year deal for Paxton, who's or not for Paxton for a Walker who's young, and I think that you know he can stay around and become and slide in with Otani and Canning next year as well. If the Angels don't decide to bring back Bundy or Heaney or don't get somebody on a you know anybody else that is or slide him in there there with Detmers and Rodriguez, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm the more and more we're talking about Taiwan Walker, the more and more it just kind of makes sense that they go out and get somebody, if not, you know, Taiwan Walker. So, next question comes from Misa34. We want to know the Angels' plan B after saying no to Bauer. I think, have we nailed this down enough? I think it's go and get one of those guys that we've talked about. You know, yeah, so I just yeah. wanted to mention his name. I know a lot of these questions are very, very similar in a sense. So next question goes to Jacob Huff. Are we actually going to get Paxton or is he, we need bullpen. We, we need bullpen arm as well. Again, another question that we kind of just answered one and mentioned the name there, but yes, I think that we are actually out on Bauer. The angels are actually out on Bauer. And I think, you know, it becomes a secondary option. Hopefully you go get that secondary option and those, those secondary options before Bauer signs and their price goes up. Next question Again, something we've kind of nailed down, but it's another fun question that we haven't talked about in a couple podcasts. Should the Angels trade Upton, or is there still some pop in his bat? I think we kind of have differing opinions on the pop in the bat, but I think the result ends up being the same. I think that the Angels should try to go trade Upton. I don't know where. 100% has to be traded. If Again, Herman Marquez is my favorite pitcher that would be available that we've talked about. And going to Colorado would make sense for Upton. I think, you know, Angel fans might might see Upton at the end of the year and be like, wow, he hit 35 home runs. And it's like, yeah, he did it in Colorado. Maybe you get Charlie Blackman in return. So 
that would probably be the, the best spot to do it. But yeah, I, I think if the Angels want to be good, Justin Upton's probably got to go. Yeah, I I agree with that as well. I don't know if it happens, but I do think that you have to attempt to do it. Blackman makes sense. Hell, even Jason Hayward makes sense. There's not too many places where I think he accepts a trade, but Chicago and Colorado make a lot of sense in my opinion. So thanks for that question, Zach1313. Next question goes to Ichiban09. Is the Angels not being in on Bauer a bad thing? Kind of another fun question. Is it a bad thing not being in on Bauer? I don't think so. I know a lot of people are way higher on Trevor Bauer than I am. You look at the, the numbers, and they're they're good. Last year, very, very good. 60 games, though. And he was only pitching against the Central. The Central was very bad offensively last year. You had teams like Pittsburgh, the Tigers, the Royals. Even the Indians, who were a playoff team, had a very bad offense. So, I mean, he was very blessed to pitch in, in a in a very pitcher-friendly division. So being out on him and, and hopefully he's probably going to get in that 25 to 30 million range. It's a lot of money to be dishing out for a guy who's basically a four, four ERA guy. Yeah. And I think that one thing we don't talk about enough is going to end up being the 2022 season and how the Bauer, how a Bauer signing would impact that if the angels went multi-year and that's going to be discussed more than likely throughout the whole season is what do you do in 2022? And I, I just don't think that Bauer makes a lot of sense in the 2022 Angels or beyond. I think there's a lot of holes you have to fill, and I don't think the Angels quite have the depth starting pitching-wise in the minor leagues, and I don't think they have the depth everywhere else quite yet. There's a lot of fun pieces down in the minor leagues, but I just... Is Bauer being out on Bauer a bad thing? No. Will Will Artie probably want to try, out, try to go out and get him? Probably. I mean, knowing Artie... Getting that big name makes a lot of sense. But is it a bad thing? I'd say no. You know, there are good things, there are bad things to this whole thing. So at the moment, I'll say no. I could wake up with a different answer for you. And finally, the last question from Corey Estrella. You think the Angels will sign Rosenthal or Soriano? Again, that goes back to, you know, try to find somebody that has that connection with Madden and the Cubs or Manassian in the Blue Jays or the Braves. So I think... Between those two names, do you think the Angels could possibly go out and sign him, though, Nate? I, I would love Rosenthal. I think he would be big for that bullpen. But I, I don't see them getting Soria or Rosenthal. I think Rosenthal might try and go somewhere either he's familiar with, so look for Kansas City or St. Louis, or a place where he's going to be the closer. So maybe he gets an Oakland deal for a little cheaper than we're thinking or something like that. But I don't, I don't see him signing someplace new. And then Soria, again, veteran. Angels haven't really had too much like talk about him. And I don't think he really fits the, the mold what the Angels are trying to do in their bullpen. They, they already have a, a couple soft-tossing guys. I don't, I don't think they really need Soria. I think you got to go get someone who is a little different than the bullpen that they have. Yep, I agree. I think that's kind of the bullpen that Manassian is working towards. So look for that funk. Look for something different than what they already have. And I'll give us a final thoughts question. This question will kind of be from me. Before we get going here, give me where you think Bauer will end up and when do we think it's going to happen? Because it's going to happen really soon, right? Yeah, yeah. If I, if I had to guess, I really want to say uh, the Dodgers because I, I you don't want to count them out. But I think that the trade... 
yesterday, the Steven Matz trade was a big indicator that the Mets are going to get Trevor Bauer. I think it'll probably happen by Monday, is my guess. So today is Thursday. I think it'll happen by Monday. So over the weekend, they'll, they'll figure everything out, and then Monday it'll come out that Trevor Bauer's a Met. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on this. I don't think it's going to take that much more time. And it wouldn't surprise me if we started seeing some type of free agent, pitching free agent market speed um, talk speed up here because Trevor Bauer is about to sign and we know teams know that the price is going to go up on some of these guys. So again, I, I it wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. And again, it makes too much sense that he goes to the Mets now with that match trade, opening up a spot. Noah Syndergaard was all over Twitter the other day talking about big things happening. I don't know what it was about. I saw he had a book coming out, but you never know what that means. I know players have an inside edge on that. So that was our final thoughts. I just wanted to kind of bring that out there for us. So, Nate, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, Nate Green 34 Go follow Nate. Go bother him because, you know, when he's wrong, you can blame Nate for everything. Don't blame me. Blame Nate. Too much, too much fun. I've had my time on Twitter. Go blame Nate. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and have a great rest of your day. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.